So we have been, I can't believe it, we're in, as you can see from the screen, we're in week number six of a message series looking at the Lord's Prayer. Es la sexta semana en una serie sobre el Padre Nuestro. And we've been camping out in the same scripture passage and each week just looking at a little bit more. So I want to direct your attention there to Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 or rather, verses 9 through 13. Vamos a mirar Mateo 6, del 9 al 13. We've got some page numbers on the screen. Those are tied to the Bibles in the back. La página indica donde está el texto en las Biblias de atrás. And so Matthew's the first book in the second half of the Bible. It's the story of Jesus and his life and ministry. And so Jesus here is teaching us how to pray. Jesús nos enseña a orar. And... In teaching us how to pray, he's also giving us God's word, God's instruction. Nos da la palabra de Dios. So I'm going to read in both languages. Jesús dice lo siguiente. Ustedes deben orar así. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Venga tu reino. Hágase tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. Danos hoy nuestro pan cotidiano. Perdónanos nuestras deudas, como también nosotros hemos perdonado a nuestros deudores. Y no nos dejes caer en tentación, sino líbranos del maligno. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So if you ask my wife, she'll tell you that I'm a documentary junkie. I like documentaries. Me, me encantan los documentarios. Uh, all kinds, really, but nature documentaries are certainly a part of it. Me gustan las de la, los de la naturaleza. And, and so I'm, you know, I'm always up for learning more about uh, animals and their habits and their habitats. Me gusta aprender los animales. And I can remember years ago as a, as a child through this program that some of us old folks remember called The Wonderful World of Disney. I remember learning about these small mice-like creatures called lemmings. Me acuerdo que aprendí de los lemmings, que son como ratoncitos. Now lemmings, as I understand it, inhabit kind of the North Atlantic region. Uh, they inhabit an area like Norway, Greenland, the northern tip of Scotland. Están en el Atlántico del Norte como en Noruega. And the thing with lemmings is that they are very proliferous. That is, they reproduce. They multiply like rabbits. Se reproducen como conejos. And so what happens is when an area becomes too small to sustain the lemming population, they begin to fan out. They begin to disperse and to look for new places. They begin to migrate. Cuando la, la población no se sostiene en un área, empiezan a migrar. And so the idea is, is you have these, these huge herds, these stampedes of little lemmings rushing through the countryside, pasan en manadas en estampidas por el paisaje, and they stop at nothing to reach their goal. I mean, they cross rivers, they cross lakes, cruzan rios y lagos, and they will also throw themselves off of cliffs into the ocean. Se lanzan de precipicios al océano, and many times that's where they drown. Se ahogan ahí. Now there's a myth that what the lemmings are doing is that they're committing suicide. 
you know, in order to uh, uh, preserve the rest of the population and ensure the survival of future generations. Hay un mito que se suicidan por uh, generaciones futuras. That's not exactly true, I've discovered. They don't commit suicide. What happens is the lemmings are so driven, they throw themselves into the ocean and they actually are attempting to swim across the whole thing. Quieren nadar y cruzar todo el océano. And of course, the ocean is kind of big. If I swam the ocean, I wouldn't get across. But they think they can. And because of that, they soon tire out and they, they drown from exhaustion. Se agotan, de, 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 se ahogan por, por estar agotados. So uh, this picture of lemmings is a little bit in my head today because you see, I think in some ways we as human beings have lemming-like tendencies. We're a lot like lemmings. We're living in a, in a time where in a sense the human race is becoming victim uh, to its own success. La raza humana es víctima de su propio éxito. Think about our world. When I was a kid, when they landed on the moon, there were two billion people in the world. There are now eight billion plus people and counting. There's explosive population growth. Hay explosión de crecimiento de la población. We're living in a time where, where science and technology is just accelerating so fast. There's so many advances, avances tecnológicos. There's so much prosperity. There's, there's all kinds of opportunity. There's so many choices. We can't even begin to sort through all the choices that are thrown at us on a daily basis. Hay tanta prosperidad y oportunidad y selecciones. And yet, in the midst of that, our world is a mess. Things aren't quite going the way that they should. And in a sense, we're trying to swim the ocean. We're, we think that we can manage this stuff and, and deal with this stuff, and yet we find our world is chaotic and our world is full of things that are not the way they should be. It's even full of violence and hatred and murder and death and war and disease. Hay guerras, muertes, homicidios, etc. And it's in such a world that we're trying to swim across, we're trying to navigate. And we find Jesus here teaching us to pray, the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesús nos enseña ahora, no nos dejes en tentación, sino que líbranos del maligno. Now I want to break this down just a little bit because I think there are a couple things to clarify about what Jesus is saying here and what he's not saying. Hay que aclarar un par de cosas. First of all, that first part, lead us not into temptation. No nos dejes caer en tentación. When we pray that, when we say that, that is not saying, God, don't tempt me. God, don't entice me to do the wrong thing. No decimos Dios, no me tientes. How do we know that? Well, because the Bible tells us itself that that's not even a possibility for God. If we look at another book called James, James chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, Santiago 1, 13, 14, the writer of James says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Que nadie a ser tentado diga, es Dios que me tienta, porque Dios no puede ser tentado por el mal, ni tampoco tienta a él a nadie. 
So you see, we need to understand what that's saying. When we're tempted, it's not God. So it doesn't make sense to pray, God, don't tempt me, if that is not something God does. No tiene sentido decir, Dios no me tiente si no lo hace. Contrary to what we think, God doesn't put a carrot on a stick to try to lead us down the primrose path of, of bad decisions and, and sinful attitudes and all of that. He's not involved with that. In my case, it'd be better if he put chocolate cake on a stick, but besides, he doesn't do that. Dios no, no nos tienta al pecado. Rather, in verse 14, it says, each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Todo lo contrario, cada uno es tentado cuando sus propios malos deseos lo arrastran y seduce. So, Temptation does not come from God. Where does it come from? Well, it starts with our own desires, our own sinful and, and, and uh, kind of bent ways and our own uh, cravings, but it also comes from the environment that we are in. It comes from the evil that is around us and, dare I say, it even comes from the evil one. Viene de nuestros deseos pecaminosos del mal y del maligno but it's not from God. So what are we saying when we say, lead us not into temptation? ¿Qué es eso? No nos dejes caer en tentación. Well, that word temptation, we need to understand, has another translation, and that translation is simply testing. Lead us not into testing. No nos dejes en pruebas. Testing of what? A testing of our faith. Testing of our faith, una prueba de fe. This is really saying, God, do not bring us into a testing of faith. And Bible scholars believe more specifically, it's saying, God, don't bring us into a testing of our faith that is beyond our ability to endure it. Don't, God, throw us into an ocean of temptation so that our faith is tested and we can't swim across and we can't get to the other side. No nos metas en tentación que no podamos soportar como lemmings en el océano. One Bible scholar puts it this way. God, don't let us crack under the pressure. Don't let us sink and drown to the bottom of the ocean. Que no caigamos, que nos hundamos bajo la presión. Trials are going to come, but God, please, Help us not to fail the test. Ayúdanos a no fallar, Señor. And again, the scriptures assure us that, that that's not what God wants. God does not want us to fail a test of faith. Dios no quiere que, que fallemos en una prueba de fe. If we look at another scripture just after James called 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1.7, it says, uh, it's talking about trials. It's talking about testings. It says these Trials and testings have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. La fe de ustedes que vale mucho más que el oro al ser acrisolada por la prueba demostrará que es digna de aprobación. What this is saying is that the purpose of trials, God allows trial, God allows testing of our faith, but his purpose is not for us to sink, his purpose is for us to swim. He wants to take our 
faith and refine it so that it comes through the trial we come through as gold. He wants to purify and, and strengthen our faith. He wants us to, to succeed. He doesn't want us to fail. Dios quiere purificar nuestra fe como de oro acrisolado, refinado. So we can be assured when we pray, lead us not into temptation. God is not wanting us to drown. He wants to see us through. But here's the question. What happens in, in the midst of the trials and in the midst of the testings we go through? What happens if we begin to be tempted into sin by our own evil desires or by the, the, the temptations around us, by the world, by the flesh, by the devil. ¿Qué pasa que estamos tentados en nuestros malos deseos o del mundo, la carne, el diablo? What do we do then? Well, that's why Jesus teaches us to pray the next thing. Deliver us from evil. Libranos del maligno nos enseña orar Jesús. Deliver us from the evil one. Rescue us from evil or rescue us from the evil one is the translation of that phrase. Rescatanos del malo del maligno. Either way, the translation is valid. Whether it's evil or the evil one, this is affirming a reality that I think we want to deny sometimes, but I think we also must understand is there. And that is that we live in a world that is not exactly quite safe. There is evil in our world. The reality of evil often presents its ugly head to us. Hay mal en nuestro mundo. But beyond that, as you look into the pages of scripture and as you begin to filter your experience through the pages of the Bible, you have to understand there is a personal force behind the evil of our world. Jesus called him the evil one, the enemy, Satan, the devil, hay una fuerza maligna detrás del mal que es el diablo, Satanás, el enemigo. So here's the thing we need to understand, that we will go through trials, we will have testings of our faith, and God will allow that, God will permit that, because he wants us to, to, to be able to come through that better. Dios va a permitir pruebas de fe, but within those trials and within those uh, testings of our faith, there will be times when we will also perceive that what is going on is not simply a God-ordained test, but that somewhere in the midst of that, there is a demonically engineered attack. God is designing to make us float, but there is something going on that is trying to sink us. Something that's trying to bring us down. Dentro de la prueba ordenada de Dios, hay algo que nos ataca, que nos quiere jalar para abajo. That's why we pray, Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one, God. Libranos del maligno, libranos del mal. Oramos. And there's so many examples I could, I could give of this, but there's one thing that's been in my mind here, an example that I, I lived through, and I, I could tell you all kinds of stories about uh, times when I felt the hot breath of evil on my neck. But there was just this weird thing that happened to me last year. Strange. It had me thinking for an entire year. Algo interesante me ocurrió. I was on the coast. Maybe you've heard me tell about this, but I was at an event on the coast, and I was driving back home, and I turned on the radio. Estaba la cosa en camino a casa. Prendí la radio. And there was this talk show going on, evidently centered by, you know, from some city on the coast. 
And the person on this program, it was a talk show, this guy was talking about people who believe in God. Estaba hablando de los que creen en Dios. And he was saying that people who believe in God instead of science, now I don't think he meant science because I don't see necessarily a conflict between God and science. But what I think he meant was atheism. People who believe in God instead of atheism. I have a problem with that, this guy was saying. Tengo un problema, decía, de que entre los que creen en Dios en vez de ciencia, es decir, ateísmo. But as he talked, he went specifically to this. He said, parents who believe in God and who teach their children to believe in God, los papás que creen en Dios y inculcan eso a sus hijos, those parents who do that in our society, who teach their kids their faith, those parents are not simply ignorant. They're abusive and deserve to have their children taken away. Son abusivos y merecen que se les quiten a sus hijos. And I'm listening to this and I'm going, wow. Now the reason I tell you this is to help us recognize where we are, okay? In a relatively short time, we've gone from the predominant attitude that, yes, most of us believe in God. Había la actitud de que muchos creen en Dios. And those who don't believe in God, they're crazy. Los que no creen en Dios son locos. And we've kind of moved from that to well, there are people who believe in God and there are people who don't believe in God and not believing in God is one option as well as believing in God. Después, los que creen en Dios y los que no son opciones que tienen. We've gone from that now to those who don't believe in God. That's pretty much almost assumed more and more. Los que creen en, no creen en Dios es más como la norma. Those who do believe are becoming more and more than minority and then there's the next step. Those who believe in God are crazy. Los que creen en Dios son locos. Now, I'm not a paranoid kind of guy. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, scare something up here, okay? What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that we need to understand where we are. I've been saying this all year. Those of you who've been a part of the, the messages we've had this year on, on this theme, that we're living in a skeptical ocean. We're living in a secular ocean. Estamos viviendo en un océano secular. We're living in a world where there are multiple currents that are swirling all around us. But the other thing that I think we need to realize is not only are there different currents of faith and unbelief and skepticism and atheism, but there are also, we need to be clear about it, there are also sharks in the water circling about. Hay tiburones en el agua también. And so we need to be aware, and this is why Jesus is teaching us to pray. He's teaching us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. No nos dejes caer en tentación, sino líbranos del mal. That we not 
be kidded into thinking evil's not real. In fact, in our world today, persecution of those who have faith, Christians most certainly, but other religions, but persecution is a real thing. They're in countries like China, North Korea, India. Christians are harassed, Christians are arrested, they're beaten, they're imprisoned, and even killed because of what they believe. A cristianos que se les arrestan, matan y todo. Their homes are seized, their churches are burnt. Now, we're not in that place here. Please don't get me wrong. But we're in an ocean that is bigger than us. That's the point. El punto es que es más grande que nosotros. It is way bigger than you and me. So there's two dangers that I think we need to be aware of. Those peligros. The first danger is that we try to swim against all the currents that are going on in our world today out of our own strength. And like lemmings, we try to get to the other side and we become exhausted. And so we just kind of give up and we let ourselves be carried along by the currents that are going on or we just sink to the bottom and we drown. Intentamos nadar en contra de nuestra propia fuerza, en contra de estas cosas, y después nos hundimos y nos ahogamos. That's one danger. And the other danger is that we have no idea what's swimming around underneath us. And God forbid, we get swallowed up. By, I mean, there's all ways, different ways that that could happen. O podemos ser devorados por los tiburones en el agua. And this is why we pray. So, when we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When we pray this way, what we're doing is we're reminding ourselves of a very key truth. And that is that God is not the one to lead us into temptation. God's not the one that's going to lead us into evil. He's the one that's going to lead us out of it. Dios no nos va a meter en la tentación o el mal nos va a guiar y hacer salir fuera de estas cosas. If you look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says this, No temptation has seized you except what is common to people, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. No han sufrido ninguna tentación que no sea común al género humano, pero Dios es fiel, no permitirá que ustedes sean tentados más allá de lo que puedan aguantar. Más bien, cuando llegue la tentación, les dará también una salida a fin de que puedan resistir. So when we are tempted, what this is saying, when we're under attack, when we're tempted, there's a way of escape. Hay siempre un camino de salida. There's always a way of rescue. And that way is Jesus. It's a person. Es el camino de salida es Jesús. Another scripture that points to that is Hebrews 4, 15. Hebreos 4, 15. It says this, we do not have a high priest that is, we do not have a representative before God who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. No tenemos un sumo sacerdote, un representante ante Dios, incapaz de compadecerse de nuestras debilidades. But we have a representative, a high priest, who has been tempted in every way just as we are, but without 
sin. Si no, tenemos uno que ha sido tentado de toda la misma manera que nosotros, aunque sin el pecado. What is this saying? This is saying when we are tempted, when we are feeling the attacks, when we are feeling vulnerable, we need to understand that we have a representative before God who has also been in the water with us. Jesus had to swim this ocean too. Jesús tenía que navegar el océano también. He had to live in this world. He was tempted in every single way as we have been attempted. He was attacked. He knows our weakness, but he has also never given in. Él conoce nuestras debilidades, pero siempre ha superado. And what he has done is he's come into the ocean of our world with its cares, and he has created a way to the other side. He died in our place on the cross. He gave himself up for us against the forces of hell and sin and death and Satan, and he defeated them. Él derrotó las fuerzas del diablo, Satanás, el maligno. Evil is not, as we might assume, a, a, an equal power to God. That's not our picture here. That's not our picture. Yes, evil is great, but God is greater. Dios es más grande. And Jesus has defeated all the principalities and powers, the Bible says. He's, he's put them in their place. What Satan thought was his greatest hour was his hour of defeat. And he's risen from the dead. Jesus has risen from the dead and he's created a way of escape, a way of rescue, and he is that way. Ha creado un, un camino de rescate y él es ese camino. And so the promise is, is that when you get connected to this person, Jesus, and when you're determined to swim with him in this life and in this world, no matter what, he will sustain you. You will not sink. You will float. Si estás con Jesús, no vas a caer, vas a flotar. How can we know that? How can we know that he will keep us afloat? Two things that I can see. Number one, as our representative, he's praying for you. Él está orando por ti. John 15, 17, actually it's John 17, 15, says this. Jesus is praying to God, his father. He says, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world. Jesús orando, te pido que los quites el mundo. So Jesus is not going to just somehow magically come into your difficulties or your trials and just go, Bloop, you're done. I'm just going to pluck you out of that. No, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. Sino que los protejas del maligno. Jesus is praying for our protection. And here's the thing I've seen with Jesus. What Jesus asks his father, Jesus gets. The father always answers his prayer. Jesús pide nuestra protección y el Padre lo escucha. So we can know that he's sustaining us because he's praying for us. Second thing we can know is that only is Jesus praying for us if we have trusted in him. He's in us. Él está dentro de nosotros. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, greater is the one who's in you, that's Jesus, 
than the one who is in the world. That's the evil one. Más poderoso el que está en ustedes que es Jesús que el que está en el mundo, que es el diablo. Again, they're not equal and opposite forces here. He's greater. And so as we swim through this life, he is the one that will be in us. We can't fight these battles on our own. We're going to fail. We're going to give in to, to temptation and addiction and all kinds of things. But he will sustain us. Él nos va a sostener. So in the sixth petition, Jesus is not promising us that trials will never come. Not going to promise that. No promete que no vienen las pruebas, Jesús. But what he's doing is he's saying that when trials do come, there is a way of rescue from the crushing forces of evil around us. And he's that way. Hay un escape de las fuerzas malvadas y Jesús es ese escape. He's going to be there for us. But here's the thing. We need to be aware of the hypnotizing effect of the waves, of the ocean around us. As I've said before, we're swimming in this ocean and we're wet and we don't even know it. Tenemos que estar conscientes de cómo las olas nos hypnotizan. The other thing is, not only do we have Jesus in us, but we're swimming towards his kingdom. He has created a way, and we're following in his wake, and his kingdom is, is the mainland towards which we are heading, and we need to keep our focus on that. It's that part of the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Estamos nadando hacia el continente del reino de Dios y su voluntad. And, and the cool thing is, as we're navigating this ocean and as we're swimming after Jesus and we're heading towards the mainland of his plans for our lives, we have an opportunity to invite others to follow in our wake and to say, hey, come swim with me. Come swim with us in this school of God's people called the church. Come after us. We're following a guy who knows the way. He is the way. He's created a way of escape. Y podemos decir a otros, síganme mi estela porque estamos siguiendo a Jesús, que es el camino. So I want to ask you just a very simple question here. Are you facing a test of faith this morning? Chances are pretty high that a lot of you are. A lo mejor están en una prueba de fe. Or you may be struggling with a particular temptation and feeling like you are just on the razor's edge, you're going to give up. A lo mejor estás luchando con una tentación. Or maybe you're feeling like you are under attack. The wolves have gathered and they're after you. And, and, and you're, you're, you're just feeling that hot breath of the, of the enemy down your back. O a lo mejor sientes como si hay lobos a tu alrededor atacándote. No matter what your situation may be, we want to pray for you. And we want to pray with you. And so here's what I'd like to invite you to do, to consider. Quiero invitarles a esto. We're going to have a, a season of prayer here in just a moment. And we have some tables in the back there where you can go and, and simply pray with someone. We have our elder team. We have some great people there that would love to 
simply talk with you, pray with you, not to judge you, not to tell you what to do or give you advice, but just to pray with you. Quieren orar con ustedes. And so I'm going to invite you as our worship team comes up to, to sing that you'll have an opportunity to do that. But what we're going to do prior to that is something we've done throughout this series. Vamos a hacer algo antes. We're going to read from the catechism this amazing instruction. It's centuries old from God's word. We're going to read from the catechism about this prayer request. And then we're going to pray the Lord's prayer itself. So I want to invite you to stand. Les invito a ponerse pie. Vamos a leer lo que dice catecismo. Vamos a orar el Padre Nuestro. So uh, if our screen will work this morning. I'm not sure. There we go. I'm not sure who to blame that on. That gremlin's been in there for a while. So we... We need to pray. Um, anyway, here we go. Let's try to read this together. What does the sixth petition mean? And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one means by ourselves we are too weak to hold our own even for a moment. And our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your Holy Spirit so that we may not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. ¿Qué significa la sexta petición? Y no nos dejes caer en tentación, sino líbranos del mal, significa... Por nosotros mismos somos demasiado débiles para mantenernos incluso por un momento. Y nuestros enemigos, el diablo, el mundo y nuestra propia carne no dejan de atacarnos. Y así, Señor, apóyanos y haznos fuertes con la fuerza de tu Espíritu Santo para que no bajemos a la derrota en esta lucha espiritual, sino que podamos resistir firmemente a nuestros enemigos hasta que finalmente ganemos la victoria completa. Let's sing, and as we sing, if you need prayer, we're going to be back there to be with you. Vamos a cantar, y si necesitan oración, estamos detrás por ustedes.